Salutations. This is the Untitled Josh Cast, episode number 50. Can we get a round of applause for number 50? That's the first time in my entire life as a person with ADD I've done 50 things consecutively. That is the voice of my co host and co Josh, Josh Hammond. I am also a Josh. My name is Josh Gershman. Now we're going to run some credits because we've already mixed up the intro a little bit, but that's what you do when you. No, that's the um, that's what you get when you've been doing a podcast for a year. And sometimes you forget the order of things. Okay, roll the credits, Josh. Welcome to our weekly podcast of pop culture, news, politics, or whatever else we feel like talking about. To interact with the show and for updates on future episodes and other fun stuff, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at JoshCastPod. You can also catch us weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash untitledjoshcast. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe to us on Twitch using your Amazon Prime account or via a regular subscription or on Patreon at patreon.com slash untitled joshcast. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back. Uh, It has been a time over here. We are celebrating one year of podcasting and one year of quarantining. It's amazing how those things, uh, how those things have coincided with one another. Do you, what was your, I'm curious, Josh, what was your first thought when I said, hey, do you want to do another podcast? Thank God it's not about Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that was, um, that was our last podcast four years ago, which was fun for a time. And then it became considerably less fun. Uh, how, 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 big picture. How, how are you feeling about the last year of this podcast? I mean, I think it's been fun. I think it's been a thing that consistently allows me to feel like people in the world still exist. Otherwise, it's just my living room and cats and work. Um, I was actually I was talking to Isabel about this the other day where it's weird that like everybody is like we work from home and I'm like, no. No, everybody in the world is wrong. We don't work from home. We're currently living in our office. So I think that it is, it's nice that we created something to break that up. And it's been fun because we get to like dive into weird, nerdy pop culture shit that we probably would have talked about anyway. But now other people get to listen to us talk way too long about things. Yeah, that is the genius of hosting your own podcast is nobody can tell you when to shut up. Um Unless it's one of us doing it to each other, which is totally valid and happens sometimes. I was looking back over our episode history um, and there are some fun things. There are fun little nuggets in here. Well, one, before we get actually get into that. So this is going to be the 50th full episode of the podcast. There have also been 10 bonus episodes. So this is like the 60th piece of content that we have published on the Internet, not to mention However many weeks in a row we streamed on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Untitled Joshcast and our assorted social channels for which you can follow and get more goodies uh, relating to the podcast and other fun Josh stuff. It's been a lot of stuff, a lot of content that we have produced in this past year. Looking back over looking back over the. the episode history here of the first year there is uh, a lot of stuff about star trek there's some back to the future in here uh we talk about sports quite a bit we talk about uh movies quite a bit um it was in the summer in june we did our first ever like movie episode specifically about city slickers we did a little rewatch and discussion that was fun that was a fun movie to rewatch hadn't seen that one in a while um Talk about video games a whole lot, too, which is like just relevant in things. And then as we got later into the year, you know, the tone of the podcast changes uh, a little bit. I feel like we started. We I think it took us like six months to figure out how to do this podcast, too, which I, I don't think is it's not uncommon. Um, 
it takes any time you start a new job or start a new thing. Like you got to, you got to figure out how to do it for a while before you actually start doing it for real. Uh, Or or like you feel like you get comfortable at it. Season one of the office sucked. Season one of many TV programs um, is not indicative of the final product. I feel like we had a really good first year. I feel like the second half of season one of the untitled Josh cast is, is where things really start to pick up. Yeah. And we didn't get canceled. So we did not we to do season two, not for lack of trying. Um, the, one of the things that we did much more in the second half of the, in the last six months than in the first six months was to talk about politics and current events. And that was because there were things that we couldn't ignore, whether it was the, um, you know, the kind of like the, I'm not trying to even think how to say this about how like racial issues and social justice became so much part of so much of the, like the fabric of the country in the summer. Not that it wasn't already, but the, so many things, the protests and like when the weather got warmer, COVID be damned, people were going to be outside and protesting and, um, and, and, uh, making their voice heard. And then certainly into the fall with the run up to the election and the debates and so many things that we did on this program and that were happening elsewhere of having those important and difficult conversations about, you know, the state of the country and the world at large and and what was at stake in these kinds of things. It was you know, it was definitely interesting to watch all of that happen, how the world, not the world so much as us, like kind of shifted into this force that was going to speak about things that, you know, we had all sort of spoken about, but like it was time to say we're sick of shit and we're going to stand here until something changes. So it was cool to watch people finally you know, use that 1960s, the whole world is watching mentality and use it for good. That is for sure. Um, So much of what I think so much of the past year has been wrapped up in things that like didn't exist before or things that like so many things happened in 2020 that couldn't that wouldn't that just didn't happen before. Uh, Like the way in which Politics changed the way in which the, the, the entertainment industry changed, um, how like education and the greater corporate world at large had to uh, like reckon with the fact that nobody could be within six feet of another person. Um, I know that's something that has been such a big thing in the education space for so long. Like, oh, no, any college, college has to be in person. Otherwise, you can't go to college. And now, like, that's obviously not the case. And not only that, not only that were workplaces like not that workplaces weren't necessary. They're not always necessary, but it's they're just not required all the time. Sure, there are some jobs that you need to be there in person. Like you can't um, you can't doctor from home. You need to doctor in person, that kind of thing. But there are so many other people, much like the four of us right now that can do those jobs from home with small instances here and there where like an in-person thing becomes necessary. Uh, and so much that so much that I think will just have to be like reimagined, like things are not going to go back to the way they were in 2019 for good reason. And they don't need to. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do having like adjusted to this whole year of quarantining and podcasting and staying at least six feet from other people that I think will change. I hope for the better, uh, all these things in what that we were, that we used to, I don't want to say take for granted, but the things that we just used to do without questioning them. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It, it raises a lot of new questions. Like there's been really good discussion about all of these things that like nobody took into consideration when it was like, is this accessible to everyone? And they were like, no, it's just not possible. And now you can look at it and point and be like, it definitely is possible. So let's consider, you know, moving forward in this direction in cases where 
you do still have to have an office. Like it is possible that you can make exceptions and make things work where you didn't prior to that. For sure. Um, over the past year, since we have been doing this, what are what are some things that you maybe didn't expect, whether it were whether they are personal or professional related, of yeah, in terms of the podcast or in terms of life, either. Well, in terms of the podcast, the first thing that came to mind that I thought of when I was thinking back about what happened over 50 episodes was near the beginning when we were trying to record and the the tuba was playing downstairs <laughs> at your old place. Yes, I was like, what is happening? There's like a there's like a mariachi band in the basement right now. And it was one of the most surprising distractions that you could possibly have during a podcast. It's not on the you know checklist of things to look out for when you're creating a space to record. Um, in terms of like life and stuff, I think the thing that's been the most surprising for me is like how everything had changed, but in some ways you start to see things go back to normal, but in a different way, like how previously I could only read on the train. And that's where I did a lot of my, my reading. I had to adjust to that and figure out how to, build a space for that i had to although i'd done it before because this isn't my first experience with working from home i had to remember the build a space for yourself and only use that space when you're working mentality um i don't know it's been interesting to like adjust to things when there's not an in-person thing like as somebody who collects things like it's hard to go a year and not be able to go to a pop culture store to look for things. Like I had to find ways to, I mean, we were just talking about this earlier today. It's collecting's a little less exciting. If you just go to Amazon to buy the exact thing that you right. want rather than actually go out and hunt for it. Um, so it's, it was trying to find joy in at least I have this thing versus I searched really hard and found this thing. So it was, you know, it was finding happiness in, in new places and new ways. Um, you know, things like that, I think are important. Yeah. One of the, you talked about collecting, uh, a big part of that scene. I don't have to tell you, but for others is the, like the convention circuit, the comic cons and the like, and that was something that obviously wasn't happening last year. Um, that was, the way in which things changed in the entertainment industry also made it possible for us to do a lot more on the podcast inadvertently. Not that like those changes were necessitated because we wanted more content, but I was thinking about um, the second movie episode that we did was about Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And we had done a rewatch. It was the 10 year anniversary of the film and 10 years. Is that right? Checks notes pretty sure it's 10 years uh and they had the the, the it is 10 years uh edgar wright and the cast had done a um like a, a virtual read through uh where the cast the, they all got together to read through it they did like a dramatic thing it was really cool but it was the it only could have happened in this space where people couldn't have gotten together like had there been a Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con last year, which, by the way, I'm going to yell about in like five minutes. Had there been a San Diego Comic-Con in 2020, it would have been like your Scott Pilgrim 10 year anniversary panel. And Edgar Wright and the whole cast would have been there and they would have had a good time joking about everything. But maybe that gets recorded and put on YouTube and you can like hear them talk to each other for 45 minutes. But th what happened would never have happened unless it unless we were in this world where nobody could leave their houses and everybody could zoom into these kinds of things. And that was an event that they put on for charity, but it was incredible. Um, the charity was water related, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, but it was an incredible thing. And it let us, it let us do what we were going to do anyway, which is to like bullshit about a movie we love. And it, 
it just opened up this world. Of, it like it made the way in which. How do I want to say this? The way in which like Twitter makes celebrities more accessible. Like that times a million when there's no like when actors and actresses and other creative types, they don't have projects to work on. They're just like at home. Uh, and so like, that's how you get things like this, like the Scott Pilgrim table read. And what it did was it made, it made, um, clear how like just nerdy all of them are, at least for this film, right? Like they all loved it and had a great experience doing it. At least I hope that's what it seems like, but it very much felt like we could have been on the zoom call. I was going to say in the room, no one was in the room. We could have been on the zoom call, like having this great time talking about the film. And, um, it was just a kind of thing that they, they, it just wouldn't have happened previously. Or like if those kinds of events are always, you know, like behind closed doors, like at, at Comic-Con type things, they're not things that are for the public. I think the thing that was the most interesting about that, and it backs up what you've said completely, is we watched two different read-throughs. We watched It and The Princess Bride. And in both cases, there were these situations where there's no way that people would have shown up for this. And that was Chris Evans, who's in the film for 12 seconds, Mm -hmm. and then Billy Crystal, who is in The Princess Bride, for seven seconds. And both people showed up for the reading and like there's no way in a world where either of those people are creating films that they set aside a day to sit there just in the wing waiting to read their 12 lines and then that's it yeah that's absolutely right um the the chris evans bit even in the scott pilgrim read through was funny because he like stayed he was there stayed for a bit and then he's like all right i'm gonna go but it was like he was just there and being hilarious and being Chris Evans. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like those are the things that wouldn't have happened because they they're those people are too big for those kinds of events. Like Billy Crystal's not doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Chris Evans' dog stole the show. Oh, yes. She sure. She, she certainly did. Excuse me. Um, OK. I'm going to take a quick tangent here to yell about Comic-Con, if I if I may, if you'll allow me the floor. I mean, it's our podcast. It's not like the floor is very covered uh what the actual fuck like you can't have comic-con in person on thanksgiving in san diego like what are you doing i'm just asking the general world about this like in no in no in no universe is that a good idea i don't get it like how why how where how why when and who that's what that's what I'm asking you right now. So you're saying I should return the tickets I bought you for Christmas? Yes. Okay, got it. Um, I don't. How do you? Okay, okay. I don't understand. Like I understand optimism. I am an eternal optimist. I'm always gonna like plan ahead for good things. Okay. And there is stuff like in my personal and professional life that I am looking ahead to and planning ahead for. Some of those things are like in this fall and around that time. None of them include thousands of people in an enclosed space in a convention center in Southern California. I mean, maybe that's just me. I mean, literally, it must just be me because it's not the San Diego Comic-Con people. Um, I just don't I just don't get it. Then then as if it, that wasn't bad enough. They're going to make it Thanksgiving weekend. So now not only is it thousands of people crammed together in an enclosed space in Southern California, not the California, you know what? Never mind. Um, but now it's over a holiday weekend, the busiest travel weekend of the year already. You already knew this travel this year for Thanksgiving was going to be bananas because no one could go anywhere last year there's going to be a lot of like making up for lost travel time in the next 12 to 18 months which is totally normal i hope to travel as well uh but not to not over thanksgiving weekend which is already going to be nuts 
But now like, okay, not that I'm like the Norman Rockwell of familiness over here, but like, why think, why, why, why? I just don't get it. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Do you have any well, thoughts? A, I think all of that is fair. I think that maybe, you know, as if I take my publicist hat off my desk because it's Sunday and put it on, I would say maybe putting it on Thanksgiving weekend is the best idea because everyone is going to travel anyway and you're you're putting it on a weekend that was going to be problematic regardless rather than creating a new problematic travel weekend. But that's the only thing I can possibly think of. It's interesting because I looked this up a little bit to see if there was any like wording from their official press release or anything about it. And um, the only thing that it says is that they're just hoping that by fall it would allow for larger public gatherings. But it also says that capacity will likely be smaller, but this doesn't specify how I think with with traveling and with it being Thanksgiving weekend, specifically Black Friday, Cyber Monday type thing. They're probably assuming that part of it is that they took a hit um, financially. And so I think they're hoping that people are going to spend money at anyway. Why not do it at a con? But it's also interesting because it says that in the press release, um, if you had a ticket to San Diego Comic-Con for 2020, it um, was initially rolled over to 2021, but is now being pushed to 2022. So if you want to attend the Comic-Con for this year, it is a special edition one. So your passes that you previously bought don't even apply to this one. So I feel like they had a feeling that it wasn't going to be, you know, like back to its typical where it was at, especially probably also because of capacity. But yeah, I, I have, that's all I have to say. I have no idea. Just saying, like, did we need uh, just frustrating? Um, also, this is say I don't I don't necessarily agree with it either. I think it's uh, a little too quick to immediately jump into a con, but maybe they're just attempting to be somewhat hopeful because even with New York Comic Con last year, they didn't cancel it until really, really, really last yeah. minute in hopes that there would still be a chance to do it. I mean, but the thing is, like, it's not just jump into a con like it's the con like that's yeah. like it's like the it's the mother planet of cons like well i mean but that's the muted myself in the middle of that um <laughs> new york comic-con last year i kept checking to see when they were going to officially cancel it and i don't think they canceled until like a month or two beforehand because they were still hoping and telling people it was still going to happen because mm -hmm. they were expecting things to change but obviously that didn't happen so I mean, Live Nation still hasn't canceled concerts from that time. So I'm not immune to the uh, the 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 struggles of your Comic Con promoters. I just I just don't have it in me to care that much when this is just a stupid idea. In March, it's a stupid idea. That's my that's my take on it. Um. Okay, I put the soapbox away. Moving on. You mentioned The Princess Bride, which is exactly what I wanted to go next. The other thing that happened this year, which made great content for the podcast, is the accessibility into... What is your hair doing right now? <laughs> I thought it looks like a flower. You, so I did a little... But you missed the spiky yeah. thing while you were talking. I was literally like fluffing it up because I noticed that it was up because I wanted like, it to... You look like Cindy Lou Who. Yes, I like that. I was thinking more the Shih Tzu area. Yeah, a little bit. Thing, not so much a flower, but I, yeah. Okay. I thought it looked like a video game flower. No, for audio listeners of the podcast, which is literally everyone. Sorry, I had to break character there for a second, but like it's majestic. Um, okay, now moving on. The other thing that happened this year that made great content for the podcast was like this greater accessibility into what used to be high dollar private political events. And so the Princess Bride table read was a benefit for the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. Right. I think that's right. And it was a thing that 
they put on for, it's not charity, but like you had to donate. It was like, tw- you had to do, you could donate whatever you want. I think the minimum was 25 or $27. And you got a invite to this private Zoom thing where the creators and the cast, they, they did like this whole thing from the film and they basically read it from beginning to end. Um, they had a little Q and a thing at the end with Rob Reiner and the cast. It was, it was great. Uh, it was really funny. There were technical issues. Um, it was all the things that you would expect on a zoom call to happen. It happened, um, where people were muted and they're having trouble and, uh, people had interesting backgrounds. Uh, it was all of those things all wrapped up into one, all for the benefit well, for the benefit of the Wisconsin Democratic Party, but like with this, with the Princess Bride as the staging for it. And it was great. Like, I thought it was really good. Um, I also donated last year to get access to two other of, of these type of events. One was a Star Trek event. I know you're shocked. Uh, where it wasn't it wasn't like a, anything like this, where like they recreated an episode or whatever. But it was people from all the different series of Star Trek, except for Enterprise. Sorry, Scott Bakula. All together talking about like social issues and things that were important. But also there was a little bit of like fan pop culture moments as well, where they did like trivia and they did other fun things. That was incredible. I can't remember who that was benefiting. It might have also been Wisconsin. Uh, and then the other one was a Hamilton one, which was just that was like a a, a Biden Harris event, which was fine. Um, it was I, re- I don't remember it. So that tells you like something that I love how memorable it was. But again, it made these things that were in the past would have been like these very private, exclusive things. Like if you paid, you know, X thousands of dollars a plate for a of like a dinner and then like Lin-Manuel Moran is the special guest. Like that's the kind of thing that would happen in a normal year that is not like I'm equating things that aren't, didn't happen, but that's the kind of thing that now became a public thing with these kinds of events in 2020 of these political fundraisers using pop culture and well as technology in a way that we hadn't really seen before. I think I'm supposed to jump in and talk here, but I didn't, were, watch, I didn't watch other things and I talked okay. about my Billy Crystal bit. So I thought it was cool that Billy Crystal's while everybody else had like hours and hours of lines, Billy Crystal set up a whole goddamn set behind mm-hmm. him for his minute and 32 seconds. There was like a table and there was like a skull, like a bunch of wizard things. And I mean, I guess, um, I guess Mandy had the sword with him also, yes, which was cool. But I just thought it was funny that like for literally 12 seconds, Billy Crystal had created an entire playhouse in his basement for this Zoom call, which is honestly what I think all of us want to do every day when we get on Zoom. We want to just like (laughs) pop on with whatever meeting we are and there's like a dragon behind us. Uh And then they can be like, how was your weekend? I'm going to be like, I don't know, this. <laughs> um, but we don't. Normally, I don't even turn on my camera. Only jumping in to say uh, for the Star Trek thing, if it is Trek the Vote that you yes. watched, because apparently there were two different ones, that one was specifically for Biden. It was for okay. the Biden Victory Fund. Thank you. Um, I knew it was I one of those. That- whole dragon thing and it just made me think that we should have incorporated a year ago that when you sign on to a zoom call there has to be some sort of show and tell like it could be your cat it could be your dog it could be the dragon in the background but i just think that you all just created this whole situation of how have we not been doing this for a year straight thank you for those that are listening gersh just held up some very cute object as his show and tell so so did lucy the thing is I have unintentionally had show and tell with Chubbs for every call I have done for an entire year. And there are photos from everyone on this call right now that can prove it. And I think that I think that has been the the saving grace of having to be on video calls all day, every day is the you never know who's going to make an appearance like a random spouse in the background or a random cat in the background or uh, anything like that is always, always 
it has been fun, at least if I can, if any part of this world has been fun, it is you never know what's going to happen. What's hilarious to me is that the 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 one business guy whose kid accidentally wanders into that video call. That was like that feels like it was like a million years ago. If we only knew now, if we only knew then what we knew now about how like kids and spouses and pets were going to interrupt calls for an entire year plus because it's not going away anytime soon. Man. I could watch the lawyer. I am indeed not a cat video (laughs) every day for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's not forget also the plastic surgeon who called into a court uh, thing during surgery from Zoom. Good times. Good times, everybody. What about, what about the newscaster that didn't wear pants? Are we forgetting about him? Uh, it wasn't that he didn't wear pants. He wasn't wearing pants. You're missing some context. What's the context? We're not going to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, okay. The other, one other piece of things that changed in 2020 that got us a lot more content was how much, and this is more like into 2021, but in terms of all the movie and TV show stuff that we've been doing. And so like we just did last week, our Oscar predictions episode. uh, And I can't wait to watch said Oscars in a few weeks. I think it's four weeks from today. I think that's right. Four weeks from today. Um, But every year as somebody who just like enjoys films, I'll always come into the Oscar and be like, man, I haven't seen any of these movies because it's rare that I go to the movies. Um, Even more rare now that like there was a theater real close to me that was small. It closed. So now I have to go across the river, which like is such a huge trek for me, guys. You have no idea. But it's like a big AMC theater. And like, I just don't want to have to deal with it. It's at a mall. Like, I don't want I just don't want to deal with that. But like, that's my only it's not the only place, but like. If I want to go to a movie, that's where it's likely going to happen. Um, and I don't have my small independent run theater literally five minutes from my house anymore. Um, not that I was seeing a lot of movies when it was there either. It was like literally one a year. But now now I don't have now I don't I don't have that anymore. My point is um, I have seen a whole hell of a lot of movies in the past like three months. Um, one, because it was like, hey, we're going to do this content for the podcast. May as well watch some movies but also the availability of all of these things. And so like normally the Oscars are in the first part of the year, right? They're like in February or March or whatever. And so the films that are going to be the Oscar contenders are coming out at the end of the prior year in, you know, November and December, their holiday season. That's when they get put out traditionally um, so that they're fresh in the minds of Oscar voters. I think someone's stealing a car outside of my house right now. Um, but, and so what that means is that if you want to watch those movies in February, you have to go to a theater. Like they're not going to be streaming anywhere. Whereas now it was the, by far the exception of movies that were in theaters and only in theaters that couldn't be streamed or at least rented online somewhere. And that's been, um, just really fun to be able to like actually watch all of these movies. Some of them I have really, really enjoyed some of them less. So looking at you, George Clooney. Um, but the ones that, that have been made available, uh, that wouldn't have been made available otherwise, like trial of Chicago seven was supposed to be out in theaters. Netflix bought it essentially. So they could put it out on their platform. That wouldn't have happened under normal circumstances. Um, the movies that have been native to Amazon prime, I'm thinking of like sound of metal and one night in Miami Two my favorite movies from, from this year slash whatever, two of my favorite Oscar nominated films. Uh, you know, I have no idea what would have happened with those under in in a quote unquote normal year for, for film distribution. Um, you know, sound of metal is like a small independent film. I imagine it would have been like on the festival circuit and everybody would have been talking about it but then it wouldn't have been available for anyone to watch unless you were at Sundance for like a year and a half. And now it's on Amazon prime for quote unquote for free. If you, as long as you have Amazon prime. Uh, and so that's, that, that has been, I think really great and exciting for people who enjoy movies. And as, as I do, and just to like sit and watch something new and different for a while. Um, 
how that changes. That's the thing I think will go the most back to normal the quickest because because like the film industry needs to make money. They need quote unquote need I'm to make money. I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping that they take from this that like film can change and I'm hoping that it changes in a way. I, I know I talk about this way too much, but I hope it changes in a movie pass kind of way. Mm. Like the movie pass concept was flawed because they didn't have the money to sustain what they were doing. But I do think that if individual theaters were to sell passes like that to inspire people to come back, like yeah. they are benefiting from like minimum, like you're getting concession sales, like you're not getting that shit now. So you might consider it, but as someone who did regularly go to movies and loved going to movies, I do think it's going to take something like that to get me to come back and go sit in a theater with a bunch of strangers and eat shitty popcorn and overpriced nachos. Like I, I think that it's going to be a deal where I pay for a, you get 10 movies in a 30 day period and then it wraps over sort of situation like it, movie theaters need to become a streaming service or I don't know that they're going to survive because I just don't I don't think it's I don't think it's something that we're all going to look back on and go. Yeah, that was a great idea. I loved spending twenty two dollars plus whatever I eat at this thing when I could just sit on my couch and watch it and get unlimited other movies for twenty two dollars. Mm-hmm. So much of this is going to be decided by the film companies and, and not by the theater companies, you know, like the um, in in the wake of movie theaters being closed and distribution having to change, different companies took different tactics. Um, HBO, rather famously or infamously, decided to put all of their movies on HBO Max for 30 days that are coming out this calendar. I think it's this calendar maybe or maybe like for a 12 month period started with Wonder Woman in December. Um, but so many movies that are coming out this year are like in theaters and on HBO Max. And I keep forgetting that they decided to do that for a year. Like the uh, In the Heights, which comes out in June or July, and Suicide Squad, which comes out in August, are both going to be on HBO Max. And like, yes, the state of the world will be very different by then, God willing. But it's just, I was just like, oh, this is a movie I want to see and I don't have to leave the house because it'll be on HBO and I can just watch it there. Um, not everybody, including those who make movies was happy with HBO's decision, uh, namely Christopher Nolan, whose movie was distributed by Warner brothers, which owns H owns HBO. Time Warner owns HBO. Pretty sure I'm right about that. Um, he was like, this is a terrible idea. And, uh, would only like, he was like, nope, tenant, you have to watch tenant in theaters. Uh, well, I rented it on Amazon prime there, Mr. Nolan. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, but not everybody was happy about that. Disney is doing something very different, which is they keep not making a decision in terms of their Marvel movies for this year. Um, other movies like Mulan, which came out last year, they added on like they created they basically created a new way to sell you a movie with Disney Premier Access, which is like Disney is not short of ideas for how to make money. So you got to credit them that. But um, some movies have been like day and date on Disney Plus, but others have been like this extra $30 that you have to pay in the case of Mulan, in the case of uh, the new one that just came out with Kelly Marie Tran. Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya, I couldn't remember the, yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon. Thank you. And um, finally, I shouldn't even say finally, currently planned, scheduled, penciled in for what's her face? Uh, Black Widow in May. June, July. Then they push it back again. July 9th. Yeah, supposed to be May. It was supposed to be May 2020. Then it was November 2020. Then it was May 2021. And now it's July. June? July. Now, now it's premiering at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, exactly. Thanksgiving 2021. Only in person. Only if you buy a ticket and go to San Diego. It's just like... And, and lick the person sitting next to you. It's like an oddly just, Don't specific... make faces like that at me. I'm just trying to think of other ways to spread COVID. Anyway, okay, fine. let's let's not clip that as a that yeah. Let's oh. not clip that as a soundbite. Oh, uh, soundbite. The, the moral is I don't like Disney Plus. 
That's fine. Yes. Yeah. I, well, Disney Plus or Premier Access. I well, A, I don't like my mute button. But B, I hate when you pay for a service and then they give you other things piecemeal. Like yeah. I don't like pay to play. I hate it. Um it drives me it's with we talked about this the other day. Fortnite, it's fine. Because Fortnite you download for free and then you buy things. That's different. If I've paid for your service, don't make me pay for other things to use your service. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. Like I wanna see these movies. Um will I pay thirty dollars for them? I don't know. Like I have yet to see Mulan, but now I can watch it for free. I can wait until June to see Raya and the Last Dragon unless I want to pay for it. That's the thing, too, is it's not like. The whole point, I also agree with this, like I'm I'm not really for the whole Premier Access thing, especially because I'm already paying it like $30 for every movie that you're adding to this uh, to this platform as Premier is a lot. Um, but part of it, too, is like it's not as if the movie is going to be premier access and you have to wait a year before you access it to watch it again. For Mulan, it was like three or four months. Just yep. wait three or four months and you already have access to it. It's not the end of the world, but it's just, I don't know. It seems they could have done it a different way to make it better. I don't know. It just, it follows the Disney format. It follows everything Disney has ever done or stood for. Like don't charge me four different prices to get into four different parks don't charge me extra money to watch a movie you're going to give to me for free three months from now. Like it, it's just stop nickel and diming the people who are literally paying for your company. Yeah. We'll see what happens. There are supposed to be four Marvel movies this year. Uh, whether four of them actually come out TBD um, with the first one, not already being pushed back. Well, three times now, but we'll see what happens. You know, I I could very easily see in a world in which movie theaters are open at what, some capacity that Disney decides to only release them in theaters. Um, and then they'll come to Disney Plus whenever they were going to anyway. We'll see. All that is to say, I have really enjoyed all of the movies that we have been watching with a couple of exceptions. Um and just the access to them. And I think like, I think what this will do, here's what I was saying before. I think the theater part, the theater part will be the first, like back to normal the quickest so that Hollywood can make money because that's what they do. However, I think what we will see is more films willing to not go to theaters, more films willing to, like do a distribution deal with a streaming service like a Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu because you can get to so many more people that way quicker. Um, you know, you can wake up on a Sunday morning and watch a movie. You don't have to like look up the times and go to the mall and buy like you can do all that stuff at your home um, or on your cell phone. Sorry, Christopher Nolan and watch whatever you want anytime you want. I think there will be, I think, I think there will be more, I don't want to use like high quality because like that's, I don't want to like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying other films are better or worse. I think there will be more critically acclaimed films that come out that only come out on streaming services that, think, that askew theaters altogether. I feel like that was what Netflix was trying to do with their 2021. Here's a new movie every week. Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to say, I think that Netflix had already started the ball on this. I think that they had done a good job of quartering the market on the indie films. And I think that it was just a process that was sped up significantly by all of us having to stay home. Um, we talked, Lucy and I talked about this. I think James may have been there. I think it was a couple of weeks ago where we talked about um, writers and people who still ask for physical product in terms of review and like, that you're asking me for a physical product for an album that isn't even getting a physical release <laughs> like that. It doesn't happen anymore. And the reason that it doesn't happen anymore is because 
that's not how it works anymore. I understand that there are artists that are going to release shit on wave files and they should cut chemist who is a DJ and really cares about the tiny sounds within his music. That's a wave file album. That makes sense. A pop punk band. They just want you to listen to their music. They don't care if it's on Spotify or on vinyl. They don't, they don't care. And I think that the, that's a thing that has happened in music a couple of years ago. And you're starting to see film transfer over into the same mentality. I think what the, where there has been so much obstruction has come from the filmmakers themselves, right? You're making this thing that you want to be shown on a 400 foot screen. I don't know how big movie screens are. Um, but like you're like this, the artistic vision is to make a thing that is then shown on the biggest, loudest screen possible, not on uh, a not on a TV or a phone or a computer desktop. Um, and I get that you want to make a thing that people will see on a giant thing, especially if it's like in 3D and all this other nonsense that I don't care about. Uh, but like, that's just not how I think more people will watch more things if you give them more options. I think it's been I, true. I think that's what 2020 has made very clear. I totally agree. I think it's important as a person who worked at a drive-in to let you know that the drive-in screen is 50 feet or 100 so, feet. So, so a 400-foot screen feet. would be gigantic. <laughs> and I don't know what I have to do, but I will do anything in the world to watch Back to the Future on a 400-foot screen. Okay. See, it's like that's like an event. All right? I'll grant you that. Um, anyway. Your fun, your fun fact is a regular movie screen in a theater is between 45 and 65 feet. And if it's IMAX, it's 72 feet. So I was a little off is what you're saying. Tad. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, all these things that have changed that have given us content to do because we have more things to talk about. Um, what I, what I would love to t- to get input from the group here as a last thing for this episode is their favorite, their favorite moments from the podcast from the past year. I'm happy to go first while you guys are all thinking about it. Um, you obviously don't have to like remember the episode or remember the, but like what are your favorite things about, about this whole project that we have started? Um, for me, I have a couple. One is the Christmas, the Christmas episode the uh, let's make a Christmas movie episodes where you and Lucy put together this like whose line improv gauntlet of here's a movie title and here are the keywords. Uh, and then we just had to make up a movie on the spot. That was an incredible amount of fun. Um, that was really fun for me. Um, also. Uh, I would say talking and crying about Liverpool football club winning the premier league. That was, that was like a big moment for me and um, starting up our Twitch channel in general. We started that in April, still going, still doing it, just having a lot of fun, making Internet friends and real life friends. Um, and then like the last the last last thing is I'm really proud of the like the political and current events content because we don't do it all the time on purpose. But there are some of those episodes, which I think are like our best episodes of the past year. That's what I would say. Anybody else is free to go next. (laughs) My mute button doesn't work. Um, As you could tell by the big eyes and the crazy face I was making. Um, Well, I mean, Trump would still have Twitch if it wasn't for the podcast. So... That's something that we all rallied together to do. You predicted it. It came true. So That's there's true. that. You're, you're welcome, world. Um, <laughs> I think that in a lot of ways, I think the podcast has made us do things that I don't think we would have done. Like you said, you watched a shit ton of movies. I think I've read more because of the podcast. Um, I've definitely done things. I normally wouldn't do. I know Isabella has done a lot of pop culture things that she never would have done. And <laughs> None of them. And I think that that's both important and has made my life easier. Um, I think that 
it's been a cool place to like both have fun, but also we've been vulnerable a lot, which I think is cool. I think that it's something you're very good at normally. It's something that I am awful at all the time. Um, so it's been cool that there have been outlets to be able to trick me into being vulnerable. Um, but I think, you know, beyond that, like in a time where it's really hard to connect with people, like you see all of these reports of like, you know, people feeling burnout and not texting back and like everybody thinks their friends are mad at them and blah, 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 blah. All see, not vulnerable. All of what I meant that in the most sensitive way possible. And it just came out like a curmudgeon. Um, but I think it has been a really good way to be connected to people. Like, I think that although I'm not good at admitting it, I like, I think that in a lot of ways, the podcast and like our group and our squad has like kept me going when all right, that's about as vulnerable as I'm going to get. That's what you get. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I accept. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go we next? I couldn't not couch it in like sarcasm or Capricorn defense, but it was genuine if nonetheless. Um, I guess I'll build off that. It was interesting because I was trying to think after Gersh asked, uh, like what was most significant to me. And I never would have told you that something I wouldn't have done was watch pop culture because it doesn't even occur to me because we all don't label it so that I don't get intimidated by it so that I continue to do it. But that's been very significant for me and I appreciate it. Um, but I think that the biggest thing for me at least has been us showing up every single week for Twitch. Like there are a few things other than the things that are like required like school or work things that I just actually show up for every single week and I think that it's been really important even when I like didn't want to do anything and I just wanted to go to bed that we all have that like social interaction and also put that out there to other people I think I've noticed in the last few months it's clearly hard for people to engage at all and so I think that just even us offering a very passive experience where people can just watch they don't even have to comment you know like that's really a cool thing that we've been able to create that space um and then personally just one thing is that I don't think had we not had the podcast I would have pushed myself creatively as much as I have with all of the social media stuff it's obviously not perfect and not consistent like I would like but I think just creatively I never would have been like oh let me rebrand something or let me play with color schemes or ideas and things like that so I've appreciated being able to have my own little corner of the podcast to just draw yeah I think you definitely hit on something important I think that seeing Marissa and Terrence and Brandy and people show up in the Twitch stream every week like it does show me that we've created a place where people know that they can go to you know, interact with people. And I think that that's not something that any of us thought that we would unintentionally create. We just wanted to play Fortnite together and thought it would be fun. Mm -hmm. And it turned into a place that people show up every week. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Agreed. I think I agree with, well, I don't think I know. I agree with everything that was just said. Um, for the podcast as a whole, I think the the things that have been really helpful, and I've mentioned this before when we did those episodes, the political stuff, or even just us talking about anything political, when even when we're not recording, is very much everything about how the podcast has been has always been like a safe space. But when it comes to politics, it's very difficult to be very open with some people because you don't know how they're going to react to it. And I think it's always there's always this understanding with each one of us to respect each other's opinions, whether or not you agree with it. And if you disagree, explaining it. And it's been a really cool balance to see all of it kind of play out and also understand those different perspectives, because I don't want someone to push their ideas on me and just expect me to, to take it because I believe my own things for a reason. So having like that actual interaction and the discussions around it has been really cool and helpful. Um, as far as favorite episodes, I think what Gersh had mentioned with like the creative stuff, like the, the Halloween and the Christmas creative episodes that, uh, Hamcat had put together, like those are, have been really cool and funny to listen to and just kind of see the both of you dive into 
or tap into this creative side that we know you have, but now you're just opening up a little bit more and very much on the spot. And I love that. And personally, my favorite one has been obviously the, the quiz stuff. So anything that I've had to put together, because I like like having these little fun tidbits of knowledge, but now I have to spend hours putting in like the research, but the result of it is really cool, which I've enjoyed. And I also agree about Twitch. I think I've come to an understanding with like my parents, for example, who I will have dinner with almost every night, every couple of nights. Um, and there's an understanding on Tuesdays where if I eat dinner eight o'clock, I'm out like goodbye. I it's, that's the time that I get to hang out with you guys and with any of my other friends or our friends who hop into the chat. And it's just a night to say whatever, do whatever, just like relax, which is helpful because I think a lot of people deal with shit in their lives or in their work or whatever during the week. And they wait until Friday, Saturday, Sunday to kind of just let it all go. And they don't give themselves a chance to, to breathe. And we're like, here's a Tuesday. Let's, let's just, let's just hang out. And it's been really helpful and I enjoy it. It's a nice way to break up the week. I know that Monday and Tuesday, if I'm feeling stressed by the end of playing, I usually feel better. It's also been cool to watch Iz's mom adjust from the beginning of like, she's like, God, you do this every week to like be an understanding of like why we do it every week. Like it is social interaction and it has been cool to watch people change their perception of it. Now she's just upset because she feels like I misportray her as like a crazy mom. And I only tell you guys like the worst stories. So I'm like, oh yeah, I like told Gersh and Lucy about this thing that you said. She goes, you always portray me in the worst way. I'm not this bad, whatever. But she has come around to it, but it's pretty funny and it's cool. I think I had never interacted with Twitch. And I think a lot of the people around me hadn't either before quarantine and so we've all had very change of like perspectives related to it but that's important and it's kind of gone hand in hand with every other change of perspective we've had in the last year right well i have two things based on that one you do portray your mom in the worst way possible she's awesome and you only tell the shitty stories about her (laughs) but two you know what her abusing audible was worth sharing okay i have no you should have no regrets about that but two, I think one of the things that has been the coolest is to watch you stop being scared of being a nerd. Like you didn't want to play video games because you were scared of the perception that it would give you and like the pop culture stuff. And like, it's been cool in this year to watch you come around to the fact that like it is a community and the people are accepting of each other in this community. And it's a nice place to belong to because we all love things to, I mean, if I remember correctly, I don't remember the exact wording that Gersh said, but the reason that we started this podcast is because we were both people who loved things to a degree that was beyond what most people love things. And it was a place for us to talk about that because we were the only people that would listen to the other one talk about the things we loved too much. And I think it's nice that like we've built that community and it's kind of a thing that you've embraced. And you feel welcome in it. It's a phrase that I have borrowed from John Green from like 10 years ago. God, more than 10 years ago. Unironic enthusiasm. That is like that. That is that sums me. It sums all of us up. Um, But it is especially why this podcast works and why we're doing it at all. Uh, That there the things that we. The things that we are passionate about. We are uh, completely 100% committed to those things without any sense of irony or self or like without any sense of self about them. There's no second thoughts about them. Uh, If you have listened to me talk on this podcast at all in the past year, I think that's pretty clear. I think for, for all of us of the things that we like and why we like them and why we will continue to talk about them. To all of our listeners, you should hope that one day you find somebody that loves you as much as Gersh loves Star Trek. Yeah, I hope that for all of you. I really, truly do. Um, All right. This has been wonderful. A nice year in review uh, of this podcast. 
Um, who knows what the next 50 episodes will bring and what the next year of the podcast will bring. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, for instance, I have no idea what we're going to record next week. All I know is that the Oscars are in four weeks and then we'll talk about the Oscars the week after that. Um, in the meantime, twitch.tv slash untitled Josh cast. Let's just hang out. That's going to be it. That's like that's our tagline. And I'm totally fine with that. It's pretty good. Uh, OK. Uh, speaking of which, twitch.tv slash untitled Josh cast weeknights, Tuesdays, not weeknights, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Be there and be square. Goodbye. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a nice rating or review on Apple Podcasts and or follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you happen to listen. Those things would really help us out. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at JoshCastPod, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash untitledjoshcast. This show is written and hosted by me, Josh Gershman, and Josh Hammond. It is edited by me, and it is produced by Isabella Stade and Lucy Benetti. The podcast intro music is Gemini by Alki, and the outro music is Cautious by Amorosa. Both appear on the Untitled Joshcast with permission from the artists. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Untitled Joshcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Ooh, I got to be cautious.